Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. Welcome to the fifth episode of Men With Spirit on Radio Karen. Now, for those of you listening for the first time, this is a regular program on community radio station, Radio Karen, at 4 p.m. on Thursdays. It's aimed primarily at men who want to grow, but it's not exclusively for men. We want to engage with anyone looking for more depth and meaning in their life and their relationships. People who know deep down that there's more to life than what they're currently experiencing. And all that we do here at Men With Spirit, we aim to be inclusive and non-judgmental. So during these programs, we'll explore different ways of behaving, supported by our shared values. We'll see how looking at life differently can lead to a more loving and contented, purposeful life. We encourage you to get out of your head and feel more from your heart. Now, before we get started with today's episode, I do want to thank David Smith for co-hosting last week and filling in my spot. I know this is the second time I've been absent, and, I, and thank you to David, and thank you to Pete for holding the fort as well. How are you, Pete? Good, mate, and it's great to uh, to have you back. Um, yes, it's uh, we miss you. We miss you. So it's very thank nice you. to have you back. Not to say that David didn't do an excellent job, but it is lovely to have you back. Yeah, I've got to watch David, I think. He's getting too good at this. He's getting way too good at this. What are we discussing today, mate? Well, today's an interesting one, isn't it? And uh, we'll talk more about it. But today we're going to talk about choice and free will. Um, I mean, we believe that freedom to make our own choices is like a core value that we that we all share. And it's fundamental to our own sort of growth and collective growth, isn't it? Um, and it's one that I think that sometimes we don't activate enough in our life. I mean, do you agree with that, Pete? Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you, and, you and I are discussing this. We were looking, um, I tended to take the big picture, the macro side of things, uh, more expansive view and um, the decisions we don't or do make or, or choose just to be um, uh, flatline and, and be apathetic, if you like. So that sort of drew me in. And, and interestingly, when we were discussing, you were doing it more from a counselling individual level and, and yeah. free choice and uh, that sort of thing. So it's a big subject that impacts all parts of our life. But as you say, Steve, it really is fundamental to our growth, the ability, the right we have to make a decision about things, to do or not do something. And sometimes not doing something gives you a bigger lesson than doing it. If you if you make a wrong decision or, you know, it turns out later that you regret it, um, it uh, can actually be a more powerful um, uh, lesson in growth. So... It's a big topic. Actually, something that you said there, you know, not making a decision. I mean, that is a decision. Yeah, you're, yeah. You've chosen not to act. And as a result of that, you've actually made a, 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 a passive choice, which is still going to lead you somewhere. And most mm. often not where you want to go, but that, you, you know, the accountability of a lack of decision is still have to be, has to be embraced. But I do want to, I want to touch base on something that, I think really underpins everything that we're talking about on this show, and that is values. And we talk about this in our introduction as well. So it might be a good point to just sort of talk a little bit more about what values are, because I, I'm not sure that everyone, I think people understand 
they understand it to some extent, but I'm not sure really the, the importance of why we'd want to have values, especially shared values. So just trying to keep things pretty simple, but if you think about values a little bit like they're a foundation of who you are and you use them almost like goalposts or guiding posts, guiding lights in your life, somewhere where you can always, when you feel like you're off path, you check into yourself and go, is my action, is my behavior in line with these values? And mm -hmm. then really think of them as like a, a compass. That's the word I was looking for. That's a compass. And the interesting thing is, is that a lot of us will often have values. We don't expressly or explicitly talk about them or even write them down, but we may have them. Um, what, what is really interesting though, when you're talking to people about their values and when we do some um, personal harmony coaching around this, we find that people who've chosen values often choose most of their values to avoid hardship in their life again. And, and for example, like if I was to ask someone, what's one of your values? They'd say, oh, you know, financial security. Yeah, okay, that's that's not a true value. It's, it's, a, it's a goal, it's a desire, but they're choosing that because they may have had a hard time in their life. And so what they want to do is they want this to avoid having another difficult time in their life. So the importance with the importance with like values is to really understand that they need to be big guiding principles in your life, things that really have meaning and and um, and a real kind of purpose to drive that growth yeah, and fulfillment in your life. Yeah, and it provides that um, that foundation for your life really. And in an ideal world, um, people would operate according to uh, or act in accordance with their values. And if you had a society that was value-driven rather than rules-based, it would be quite a different world. Um, and that's at sort of the macro level. Perhaps mm. I could just explain how we came to um, make this decision to look at choice and um, free will. Mm -hmm. um, I shared a video with, with you, Steve, that I came across. This is a bit of a story just to set the context for this. Um, I came across a video um, that was on the World Economic Forum. Um, I think most people have heard of, heard of that. It's fairly prominent. And it was about its the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and featured a video of various excerpts with his key advisor, Dr. Yuval um, Noah Harari speaking at the uh, 2018 and 2020 annual meetings of the World Economic Forum in Davos, uh, together with some separate interviews. So I was just watching this video, and the more I watch it, there's a number of things in it that, uh, that he says, this is Dr. Harari, uh, on camera, that I personally found very disturbing. But one thing in particular really pushed my buttons, which I subsequently discussed it with you, Steve. And what he says, and I quote precisely, quote, Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the whole idea that, that they have this soul, this spirit, and that they have free will, and nobody knows what's happening inside me, so whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over, unquote. Now, what he's saying there is right, that... Man. In, in his view and the view of people that he associates with, that the idea of humans having free will 
and um, being able to choose that era uh, is over. In fact, they talk about the fourth industrial revolution and transhumanism and so on. Anyhow, this got me thinking about uh, about free will and the um, the choices and how important it was in my life and the choices I'd made in my life and what I've been passionate about over the years and it caused me to reflect on how active I was um, about all manner of things. And I've made decisions which, with the benefit of hindsight, um, I'd choose differently today. But they were my choices. And I'd like to think I learned from the mistakes I made. Now, there were many choices I made uh, and activist causes I've uh, chosen to support over the years when I was younger that I certainly do not regret making. Now, for example, when I was at school, um, you know, I, I protested about the hanging of Ronald Ryan, which was the uh, last um, execution in Victoria. Uh, when LBJ was here, I was protesting about the Vietnam War. Um, at school, I was buying uh, dozens of copies of Mao's Little Red Book and selling them to the to the other boys at a Catholic school. And that you, you, <laughs> you radical imagine the reaction from yeah. that. Mm -hmm. and, and then I organised a, a, um, a few other protests against against religious vigor rigor at school. But anyhow. When I got to uni, I uh, graduated and got involved with moratoriums and the environmental movement, social justice, anti-apartheid, students for democratic society, and, and helped uh, set up a, uh, a drop-in centre for youths in Box Hill called the Outside Inn. Um, so I was fairly active. But what I do regret later in life is um, losing this, uh, what should I call it, fire in my belly uh, and, and sort of fitted in uh, conformed and hid who I truly am in order to advance my career. And I wasn't speaking up enough. And gradually, like so many of us, I fell prey to apathy. And um, in effect, I let other, uh, other people make decisions for me, including in my family, which, of course, as you say before, Steve, is the decision in itself. Well... Um, I came to the conclusion after watching this video that I, I really have had enough of being a bystander in my life and I'm reclaiming claiming my right to decide for myself what I will and will not accept personally in my community and at the level of so-called representative democracy. To This is a bit of a, uh, putting a, a, um, a stake in the ground here, mate. Uh, to Dr. Harari, and your other self-described transhumanist elites, speaking for myself at least, I say this, it is not over. We humans have the fundamental right to choose and we will. Full stop. There endeth the, ser the sermon. <laughs> yes, I think it needs a couple of exclamation marks at the end of that as well. And a uh, it, it got me riled up, that, that whole did. thing. And the, the idea that they're saying that spirit, you know, that we, the essence of us, the idea of having free will is, is over, just is not acceptable as far as I'm concerned. So let me ask you something, Pete. Um, yep. You know, there is a, there's a level of enthusiasm that happens in your youth, right, as you kind of mm -hmm. define who you want to be. And you're usually doing that to try and make your own mark away from your parents, right? So you're going, you know, I'm 
spent 20 years being told what to do by you guys. I'm now going to do things, my, you know, I make my own decisions. I'm going to fight my own causes. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. That kind of youthful energy that you have um, does start to wane after a while. Do you, but do you think that at the time when you're in your 20s, you're even clear about what it is that you're choosing? Or, um, it's, it's work in progress. I think it's, uh, for, my, for my part, it was looking at things that resonated with me. And I, I've always had a strong sense of, of um, uh, around fairness and equity and equality and um, mm. uh, what fundamentally seemed right to me. And there were just so many things that then didn't appear right to me and, and today don't. But what, what happened for me, at least, was this... Um, um, well, look, I've really got to focus on work and get my degree. And uh, you know, I, 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 what should have been a three-year degree took about seven years. I ended up doing it part-time, but I was enjoying myself out protesting and all that sort of thing. But um, but as you get you know into relationships and married and have kids, um, your priorities change. But um, yeah, it's interesting how you get diverted. And then you have to keep coming back to what's really important, uh, and and that's where I think values keep coming up. That if yep. one of your values is equality and, and fairness and uh, honesty and uh, um, that sort of thing, you you need to consistently stand up to it and what uh, stand up for those values. And what I'm regretting, I suppose, is for far too long, not um, not strongly enough, consistently enough standing up for those values and that's mm. what i suppose has led to this particular topic isn't it it really has yeah and, and i think what you're really leaning to is that we get to a point of discomfort in our life don't we we become mm. comfortable and compliant because it's easier to manage everything else that's going on in our life but we kind of lose the direction that we were really wanted to head in and we're not really making decisions solely just for ourselves obviously but there are other people to consider but yeah they're, they're not I guess you come back to that compass. Is it really? Is it really choices that you believe in? Yeah, and and whatever choice we make, and whether it could even be a choice not to make a choice, yes. um, it they have consequences, and you're accountable for those consequences. And sometimes those consequences could be massive. You know, if if for example your apathy and um, lack of involvement leads to election of governments that don't represent your interests and are doing things you disagree with. Well, that's a consequence of you individually not getting involved, not taking a stand, because if you've got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that have been so um, um, disengaged that they don't get involved in the issues, don't do their own research on whatever it happens to be, you end up uh, having a situation where you've got government that, you know, when you look at it, these people don't represent me and they're not being uh, honest and accountable to the standard that I expect. Well, that's a mm -hmm. consequence of individually and collectively not being um, not being involved and having this apathy. And apathy mm -hmm. is one of the things that really um, uh, is pervasive in our society. And it's something I think um, once we've lost a lot of things we'll realize we've lost them through apathy and it'll be too late mm -hmm. so anyhow it's um it's a big topic can i um i'm just 
Are you happy if I introduce the music? I, yeah, yes. To... You've got, yes, I'm, yes. I'm in a real bolshy mood today, mate. You are in bolshy <laughs> mood today, and or, the music you have you've curated a lot, uh, some some interesting music for today. So yes, go ahead. Let's introduce the okay. first song. So this um, this particular uh, song is by Bruce Springsteen, and it was playing, or rather, it was being sung by a somewhat frightened group of about two hundred students in the early 1970s, who were locked inside the Student Union building at Melbourne Uni, uh, when a much larger force of Commonwealth police, as they were called then, um, stormed the building at about 2 a.m. in the morning. And I was on the roof and watching out, <laughs> jumping up and down when I saw all these coppers coming towards us in a very uh, aggressive manner. And they were, they were trying to arrest a small number of um, Vietnam War draft resistors who we had in the building with us. So here's Bruce Springsteen's rendition of We Shall Overcome. Oi, 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 oi. IGA, it's shopping nights. IGA, where the price oi. is right. Oi. Seaford North oi. IGA, oi. for your groceries oi. and liquor. Oi. IGA oi. Express, oi. there's nothing oi. quicker. Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Carum, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisce about doing the Ill Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to... Radio Karen and get down with the good vibes. Welcome back. You're listening to Men with Spirit on Radio Karen with Peter Anthony and me, Steve Angel. And that was We Shall Overcome by Bruce Springsteen. Now, today's topic is choice and free will. And I thought now would be a really good time to maybe refer back to a blog that we like to um, refer to quite a bit on this show. And if you haven't heard of it before, it's called the Crazy the Wisdom of Crazy Horse Blog.com is where you will find it. And there was a great little um, uh, quote on choice that we want to share with you today. So let me share that with you now. When a person is raised to meet the expectations of others, it is difficult to change that state of being. Hence, when deciding on a course of action, they can either choose a course that they believe will win the approval of others, or they can choose a course that they feel best suits themselves. In this case, wisdom is the ability to choose a course that best suits yourself. Hey, like, how often are we trying to please people with the decisions we make? Yeah, look, I think this particular quote really resonated because in um, particularly when I was young, um, I was uh, brought up by a single mother and, uh, and uh, a lot of my time was spent um, trying to please other people and to fit in and not to um, upset the apple cart and all this sort of thing and living up to their expectations. And then in the school environment, there were the, um, the the brothers and the priests and this sort of thing, and you wanted to please them and do the right thing. And, uh, and I suppose that's one of the reasons why when I got into later years at school and uh, went to university that I rebelled against that because I realised, oh, I didn't want to just continue to please other people and fit in. And um, there were so many people, and I think a lot of blokes as well, they... they um, 
trying to meet the expectations of others and they don't um, don't let them their true selves shine through what do you think you, you do a lot more counseling than i do do you find this oh absolutely i mean i'm just even looking at my own life i mean that was very much you know a very similar thing i would you know you learn very early on you're trying to earn I don't know, the love and attention of your your parents, for instance, you know, you want to grab their attention. So you start to make decisions um, that please them. And then you know that if you do things that do please them, that that, make them, that makes you feel good. And you keep searching for that. So the opposite of like learning how to make the choices for yourself is if we, if we do focus too much on pleasing other people, we do start to lose the ability to make good decisions for ourselves. And something that I do find a lot with my with, with clients is their inability to now make decisions. They mm-hmm. really do struggle with it because for a very long p- time of their life, they're trying to do things to please other people and get other people's attention and, and love and respect and whatever it is they're searching for. But when you ask them, what do you want for yourself? They they look at you blankly and just, yeah, and find I, it, I don't know. Very, yeah, find it difficult to express what they want. And, and I... I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm, I can think back to periods um, in my life where we'd go out to dinner or something, and um, and uh, end up saying, "Well, you choose." You know, I didn't, even to the extent of choosing what to eat for dinner, get to the stage mm. that oh, it was all too difficult. You choose and you know do that. So I totally agree that you can get so um, uh, uh, paralysed about making yeah. decisions that even simple things like that can um you you pass over to someone else it's also the fear of making a mistake now as well that can be part of this not just grabbing attention but you don't want to make a mistake and i've very i've been very guilty of that in the past as well i would do that i would refer and delegate decision making to my partner to other friends so that you know it was more of a consensus decision rather than one that i would make that perhaps would make me look foolish or or i'll be embarrassed or God forbid, you know, I make a mistake and it's a bit of a disaster. So it was easier to say to someone else, you know, what do you think? What, you know, what, what's going to make you happy? And, and I'll just do that. And you do it. And at the time, it seems easy and the right thing to do. But it kind of does cause a little bit of resentment, you know. And sometimes you start to sort of not, you feel less than yourself. And you, and, and you keep doing that over and over again and it does start to cause problems for you you know and then you get to the point where you sort of think i don't really know what i want anymore because i've been making decisions for yeah. other people so it's a big mm. one actually and and the other thing is if you're a perfectionist and you you don't want going back to the point about not not making a mistake that it's easier to give it to someone else and they can do it so then i won't fail that if so mm. or, you know if i avoid doing this i'm not going to fail so therefore give it to some give the responsibility to someone else Mm. There's a lot tied up in this um, issue of, you know, you know, um, trying to meet the expectations of others, being a people pleaser or or delegating, in inverted commas, um, the uh, decision-making powers in your life. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a big, big issue. Um, I was going to say that following on from that, um, one of the... Um, you and I both believe in is uh, that uh, in our life um, we're meant to grow in love and mm. um, and to become a more loving person, um, to be uh, less fearful, uh, to have reduced envy, jealousy, and greed in our life. That 
And if you practice these good values, that hopefully that's going to lead to being, uh, to become a more loving person. And when you look at your life through this lens about becoming more loving, the choices we make can be made a lot more simple, I think. Um, will this choice help me to be more loving? So if you look at the choices you're making in your life, um, have regard to your values that you stand by and they could vary from person to person. But a, a good yardstick is, is, if I go down this course, is this going to make me help make me a, a more loving um, person? So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I think well, it's, well, it makes there sense is a thought. It, it does make sense to you, but I think it might be worthwhile just trying to explore that just a little bit. Why is why is being more loving the goal as 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 a human being for you? Like, what why is it loving? Okay, so what's the the option? The alternative could be to be more fearful or to to have um, more. Uh, greed or wealth in your life. Um, I suppose love is the, for me, love is the antithesis of the things that are wrong in the world. It, it's, uh, if we've got a lack of equality or we've got um, um, too much greed or there's envy or jealousy or um, uh, unfairness, um, the opposite of that is is love and compassion and um, mm -hmm. having regard for people. So for me, it is um, fundamental. And uh, we, um, I think, well, for me anyway, I'll make the everyone statement, but it's really an I statement. The idea of having a loving relationship and being loving and compassionate towards other people without expecting anything in return, I think is, um, Fundamental. Now, I don't. I don't um, it's work in progress for all of us, so it's not um, uh, it's something we're all growing in, but um, or hope to grow in. But it, it's it is fundamental for me um, that search for more love for me personally, but more love in the world. And when you see the sort of things that are happening in the Ukraine at the moment, in different parts of the world, where there's so much hate and anger and fear, mm -hmm. um, which is not our natural state as humans um we're meant to be loving um that's my belief anyway i think you hit the nail on the head really near the end you said that's our natural state yeah i mean we if we accept that you know and, and you and i do accept that we we're more than just humans that we have the spirit um that is our natural state of love yeah. that sort yeah. of loving energy and you know that is something that gets lost in in the life that we we live and that we grow up in and all the all the demands on them and all the uh and the you distractions know, the opposition and, towards yeah. love um mm. and that's i guess the, the goal of wanting to be more loving is to return back to that natural state of who we are yep, and, absolutely. and with that i think we get you know uh, uh, to a much more harmonious state with ourselves yeah. and, 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 and more and more contentment in your life absolutely yeah. Um, do we have another song, Pete? Yes, we do. Um, now, this song um, was introduced to me during one of the many lockdowns here in Melbourne that we've had to uh, endure. And um, it's got some positive messages. And it's, um, I hope you like it. It's called Caravan of Love by a group I'd not previously heard of. 
The House Martins. It's from a few years ago, but it's a great song. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right or if you have a nasty rash keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus help Will make you feel alright G'day everyone, I'm AC from Friday Night Frothies, also very involved in the sporting club. We're here today at the grand opening. Any opportunity I get, I'll be listening to Radio Karam. Welcome back. We're, uh, with, you're listening to Memory Spirit on Radio Karam. I'm here with Peter Anthony, my co-host, and my name is Steve Angel. And you were just listening to a song by the House Martins called Caravan of Love. Now on today's episode, we're talking about choice and free will. Now, what was interesting, when we were preparing for this episode, Pete, you know, we were discussing a whole lot of different topics that would come up, choice and free will. What does that mean to us? And we did, we did talk about earlier uh, the importance of values. And then that led to a discussion about role models and people who have really lived their life with values. And in that discussion, we really threw out a lot of, lot of names, didn't we? And it was really mm. looking at people who said, you know what? Regardless of the consequences that will cause my life or my livelihood, I am willing to live and die by these values. Um, do, you want to, do you want to share a little bit more about that conversation? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because there are many, when you look back at it, there are many examples over, over history and, and, and today, you know, today, not as many as I'd like, but there are certainly some people today that um, live consistently by their values and live or die by their values. And sometimes there are very uh, dire consequences to um, to standing up and saying, this is what I believe in and I'm not going to compromise that. Some of the some of the people that you know we were talking about as being exemplary examples of people that um, lived by their values, people like Nelson Mandela, um, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, uh, a little bit further back in history, Joan of Arc. Um, and then there's the American Indian leader, Crazy Horse, for example. And there were a lot of other names we threw in there. And then we started talking about um, religions and um, the various uh, people that started those um, uh, major religions off, Buddha, Muhammad, and, and Jesus Christ. And then we had looked at, well, do we quote any of these people? And they were talking about it. And then we... We try and be a religions free zone, quote unquote, on the show. That it's not about, um, it's drawing this distinction between spirituality and religion. And this is not about religion per se. But then I was thinking, well, do we exclude someone like um, Jesus, for example, just because he's the, um, the founder, if you like, of a, of a religious uh, faith? And that seems a bit silly. And um, 
the reality is we we can learn valuable lessons from the lives of these people, these entities, and the choices they made. And what defines them is this making consistently making choices around their values, not sitting on the fence, not not making a decision. They consistently were making decisions, that, but they were strongly aligned with their values. And that is really a, a, going back to the original uh, uh, starting point for this discussion, this idea of having uh, a moral co compass and making having the right to make decisions that you feel personally are right for you um, is fundamental. And um, if you look at, uh, like many people today, uh, looking at their lives, um, would brand someone like Jesus, for example, as a radical activist. Um, if you look at his life and what he did, um, you'd call him a, a ratbag or a bolshe or a, an activist or something today, or many people would. So, um, but even at the, even that... at the time, even at his time, he was though. I mean, he was introducing a whole new way of um, communion with God. There's a whole new way to almost disperse with the the bureaucracy of religion mm. and in, mm. and also then show there was a different way to live and a different way to love and it was far more inclusive and far more yeah. equal. So even at the time, he was a radical. Yeah, and yet it's interesting the the, the uh, various strains of uh, Christianity, if you like, that have flowed on from that. Um, some people would argue um, run counter to the to the his teachings, which is interesting. So. And there's certainly a lot of division within the, the, the various Christian denom denominations and beliefs. So, and then likewise with Muhammad, with the look at the different um, the streams in terms of um, Islam and, uh, and different streams in um, Buddhism, for example. So there's all these different streams and different takes on the same core message that these people bring forward. Um, and some would argue that's perhaps a, um, a, um, a reinterpretation of watering down, you can call it whatever you like, depending on which particular uh, hat you've got on. And I'm not in any way denigrating any of those religious beliefs. What I'm saying is that um, what if you brought those individuals like Jesus back now, what would they say? Um, and there's a, a poem we're going to share in a sec that uh, talks about um, how Jesus would be uh, regarded today based on what he actually did 2,000 years ago. So it's, it's an interesting um, thing. If you look at role models and examples of people that have had strong values and lived by them, and then if the same person appeared today and did exactly the same things, how would they be regarded today? Well, I mean, that, that sort of leads to the question of, you know, we've all got role models because sometimes we can look at these role models. You know, we, the, the examples that you, you've, um, you've laid out there, I mean, they're, like you said, they're exemplary. They're almost at the point where you think it's beyond me to mm. actually live that life. They are going to live a very extraordinary life, one that I don't think me personally could have withstood the, uh, the opposition that came with it. I mm. just don't mm. think so. Um, and so with that, with that in mind, it's like sometimes we can look at them from afar and think, oh, yeah, but that's not me. But there's still something about the, their ability to sort of 
have this fortitude, this kind of really clamped down on exactly what they wanted in life and what it meant for them. And, and then we, we did move on to sort of more relevant and more sort of uh, attainable Media, kind of role so, models. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, our, our family and what, what role models we had personally when we were growing up. What role model, models did you have, mate? Well, look, the, the one that has just stood out right now for me is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was a very interesting man because I felt like he was always one who just, he always he was very inclusive, very fair, very. Um, um, in terms of equality, I mean, he just had his home and his arms open to everybody. I mean, he was a refugee in in Egypt. I mean, he fled from from Palestine after the the war, and then uh, went to 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 Egypt. Had to leave his family and spend many many years, you know, living uh, working in Bahrain and um, Kuwait, where he left a, a family of seven or, or, you know, seven children and his wife, you know, for years as he mm. was trying to make mm. money. But there was this kind of very commitment to family. There was a strong commitment to community. There was a strong commitment to more than just himself. Like his decisions were always about how is this going to help other people? And even though they had very little, he was always still inviting people down the street that he saw who, was, who looked homeless and said, come and join us, even though we don't have a lot of food, but I want you to come because you shouldn't be there alone. And, and, and are they sort of values or behaviours that you've taken on? I mean, how far have I, you I, I, would, I, I would say that, you know, I'm, I, I'm not as... I would say I've adopted a lot of them, but I don't think to the extent where he... It, he it's not a matter of whether he was in the mood for it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. you go, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in a loving yeah. mood. I'm in a giving mood today. So yeah. I'm going to be more generous. It wasn't like that for him. It was just like, this is, this is who I am. And then every opportunity or every, every uh, circumstance that comes my way, I'm going to behave this way because this is just ingrained in me. And I, I would have to say, you know, sheepishly, that's not what I do. And I want to be more like that. And that is coming back to values. You know, that is coming back to living with them and questioning myself and those decisions every day. Am I living them? Where could I have done better today? Where can I do better tomorrow? Yeah. And what about yourself? I'm I'm just conscious that we've got a bit to get through. I'm not trying to avoid the question, but in my case, certainly I I found that some of the the teachers and that sort of thing I had at school were uh, role models for me. But uh, likewise, my um, in my case, it was grandmother or my nana, who uh, I certainly looked up to and set a good example as far as I was concerned. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it really underpins the importance of having those personal role models that you you looked up to and um, you tried to emulate. Um, hmm. In my case, uh, there was also an element of people of people pleasing with the uh, teachers and that sort of thing. But what I do want to share now is a, um, to, to just round off our discussion on role models, is here's a poem. I was going to say a song, but it's more of a poem. It's narrated by Kev Carmody, and it's from an aptly titled 2020 album called Cannot Buy My Soul, which I came across only in the last few weeks. So this is called Comrade Jesus Christ. He was born in Asia Minor, a colonised Jewish man. His father, the village carpenter, worked wood in his occupied land. He was apprenticed to his father's trade and his country paid its dues. 
to the colonial Roman conquerors. He was a working-class Jew. Though conceived three months out of wedlock, the stigma never stuck. He began a three-year public life, but he never made a buck. Because he spoke out against injustice, saw that capitalism bled the poor, he attacked self-righteous hypocrites, and he condemned the lawyer's law. But they've commercialised his birthday now, the very people he defied, and they've sanctified their system and claim he's on their side. But if he appeared tomorrow, he'd still pay the highest cost. Being a radical agitator, they'd still nail him to a cross. You see, he'd stand with the downtrodden masses, identify with the weak and oppressed. He'd condemn the hypocrites in church pews and the affluent, arrogant West. He'd oppose Stalinist totalitarianism, the exploitation of millions by one, and peace through mutual terror and diplomacy from the barrel of a gun. He'd fight with Joe Hill in Valencia, Mandela in Friere, try to free the third world's millions from hunger and despair. He'd stand with the peasants at the pockmarked walls and they'd haul him in on bail. He'd condemn all forms of apartheid and he'd rot in their stinking jails. He'd denounce all dictatorships and mammon's greed, the exploitations of others for gain. He'd oppose the nuclear madness and the waging of wars in his name. He'd mix with prostitutes and sinners, challenge all to cast the first stone. A compassionate agitator, one of the greatest the world has known. He'd condemn all corrupt law and order, tear man-made hierarchies down. He'd see titles and status as dominance, and the politics of greed he'd hound. He'd fight against the leagues of the Ku Klux Klan and the radical racist right. One of the greatest humanitarian socialists was comrade Jesus Christ. My name is Ossane, I come from Martinia, and you are listening to Radio Carom. <laughs> You're listening to Memory Spirit on Radio Carom. My name is Steve Angel, and joining me is Peter Anthony. That was not a song, but more of a poem um, by Kev Carmody called Comrade Jesus Christ. Now, Pete, share a bit more about what that song meant to you and why you felt you, it was important to play. Look, as I say, I only came across this in the last um, uh, couple of weeks and I hadn't heard it before and it just struck me as uh, it was on that album which I was just listening to and um, I thought, gee, uh, this is fantastic. But then I thought, well, is that's true, that's true, that's true. So it was basically an interpretation of the life of Jesus and um, uh, what he did during that time. The thing that I'm reading, at one point it says he was a compassionate agitator. And that was the only uh, point in the whole thing that was talking about um, love in terms of mm. compassion. And I thought, well, it was very much about his protesting and agitating um, and reforming um, agenda. But I'd argue probably his greatest legacy was, was love. And that didn't get to as the sort of um, uh, emphasis that I would have liked. But I looked at the whole poem or, or song and I thought, gee, this is really good. And uh, it really is a good reflection of what he stood for and the sort of um, uh, activities he, he got involved in. So I thought that was good. 
but in the context of our discussion around making uh, choices in your life, it's very clear that um, Jesus certainly didn't take the, the easy path. So I thought it was a very powerful um, uh, poem. Uh, and if, if you want to look at that album and get it on Spotify or something, it's um, by it's the songs of uh, of Kevin of Kev Carmody, and it's on an album called Cannot Buy My Soul, which I thought uh, is really very relevant in what we're talking about. So you know, I just I just found it a powerful message, um, and um, as I say, we, we debated about sharing it, but I think it um, it adds a lot to the discussion about values and standing up for who you who you are and what you believe in irrespective of the cost irrespective of the cost which is a big thing you know it is a big thing because i think people do weigh up the cost a lot and sometimes it's it's inevitable and, and avoidable to do so um it's been interesting talking about choice as a value because i wonder how many people listening would have ever considered putting that on their values list you know, the right to choose what's mm. what's right for you, um, you know, for your own growth. Yeah, mm. it's it's a good one to consider because um, particularly in light of that uh, quote I shared at the start of the program, that if there are people that are actively saying the right to make choices, um, the, the freedom to choose is um, is over the idea that humans have the right to make choices is over. That is so fundamentally against my values and this value in particular that um, I, I felt that we just had to um, tackle this head on. Um, look, we've had a look. We could talk for hours, hours about this topic, Steve. Uh, as we know from the, we've probably spent about three hours talking about it leading up to this show, but yeah. it, it, it's a big one. Um, but I would encourage people to really think about their values and where um, uh, freedom of choice, uh, free will, where that fits into their values and, and what they want to do about it and whether you want to con continue to lead a life of apathy or whether you want to get up and put a stake in the ground. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're coming up towards the end of the program, so I probably should wrap a few things up if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah do some okay. housekeeping. Yep. Um, so just to start off, if anyone's interested in finding out our, about our Men With Spirit groups, you can contact us on our Facebook page, which is at Men With Spirit, or you can email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Um, by the way, for the blokes out there, we've got no meeting this Monday because it's a long weekend. We just realised that. <laughs> um if you'd like to suggest some topics we could uh, address in these programs, um, you know, get on to us. And you can now call us on a number, which is 03901604411. And uh, following on from last week's program on male vulnerability with David Smith, uh, we came across a very interesting YouTube video on the topic. And if you want to learn more uh, on on YouTube, search for a TEDx talk by David Hatfield. That's H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D. And it's entitled Honouring and Working with Male Vulnerability. And it's about 12 minutes in length. Well worth checking out. 
Um, to finish up today's program um, and to recognise the, uh, what shall I say, far-reaching consequences of decisions, choices being made on the other side of the world, we'll go out playing at least some of um, John Lennon's song, Give Peace a Chance which was another one of the songs we were singing at that infamous or famous uh, Melbourne Uni City in all those uh, years ago. So um, thanks for being with. Yeah, thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks, uh, thanks. that's me, Steve Angel and Peter Anthony. And joining us on Men With Spirit on Radio Karen, which we're thoroughly enjoying and we hope you're enjoying it too. Look, until next time, be true to yourself. And enjoy this song from uh, John Lennon. And after the song, please stay on for Radio Karen to listen to the back room. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC. And when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy. <laughs>